This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. We interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you Vikings Vent Line, the one show where you get to react to how the purple played right away. Right away. Call in now with your thoughts on the game. 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. 33. He's taken down for a sack. Frank Clark. With the first sack of the night for the Seahawks. There's Penny now. And Penny trying to reverse field. Can he pick up a block? Wilson's out in front. As Penny with a stiff arm and something extra. How about that from the rookie? 17 yards. Sideline to sideline. Here's fourth and goal. Cousins. TCL Broadcast Studios, there's 216, 215, whatever, left in this 21 nothing debacle. Vikings losing 21 nothing. Zolgad, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison producing. Phone lines are full. Manny, I'll only start you off with one thing. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, at some point in time, we will find out that John Filippo has been fired as Vikings offensive coordinator. This team is going to make the playoffs. They almost can't avoid the playoffs. They're going to have to do something. I see no other choice but to replace the guy calling plays. And I would suggest if you're a uh, Vikings fan watching this debacle right now, um, I would suggest uh, heading out to Lucky's 13 Pubs tomorrow and uh, enjoying some of those fantastic bloodies and appetizers and everything if you got the day off tomorrow. I know tomorrow's a work day. Go drink a lot is what uh, you're saying? Yes. uh, Lucky's 13 Pubs is a uh, proud sponsor of Vikings Ventline, so uh, there's that. And, yeah, I mean, this has just been... This this off this is a bad offense, Judd. Yeah, it's a, this and, is a bad offense, and the play calling's not working. And this is the time of year where you're going to make the playoffs almost certainly, so you have to change up something. The only thing I can suggest is that they change the play calling at this point. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is your quarterbacks coach. He was the guy who came in as essentially the second to uh, to flip. When he got the job after uh, Pat Shermer went and took the Giants head coaching job, I think you got to shake up something, and that's my only suggestion right now. Because you're not going to bench the $84 million quarterback who obviously is also struggling. Yeah, and and I think what we're seeing is, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Mike Zimmer was talking about how they needed to run the football more and they just needed to be more balanced on offense. And for one week... Against the Packers on Sunday Night Football a couple of weeks ago, we saw that, right? We, yep. we saw it and we thought, okay, Filippo's gotten the message. They won the game. This is going to springboard them into the right direction, get them back on track offensively. And then they went to Foxborough last week and were abysmal on offense. They played a good and tonight, team. Yeah, and tonight you're playing they, decent were, teams. they were they were abysmal again tonight. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 outside the Metro. You, uh, of course, are hearing Ventline on uh, 1500 ESPN. YouTube, Twitter, folks, Facebook, hello. Let's get right to the phone lines as the game continues and is winding down in commercial break right now. We start off with Jeff in Texas. Hello, Jeff. Go hey. ahead. Man, guys, first on the show, and I thought I was going to do some hot take super reaction, but 
hey, you think Mike McCarthy wants to be an offensive coordinator? If, interesting. Interesting. I don't think so, but uh, I think you got to do something, Jeff. I don't think you can sit there and watch this play out because well, yes, be, because yes. who who is going to uh, come from the pack in your conference behind you and get you the Packers, the Panthers, the Eagles, Washington? So if you want to do something, I think you need to make a change, and I think you probably need to do it on Tuesday. Yeah, I agree. I, how can you not put it? But how can you put up zero points? And you're so concerned. They, so everybody, they even talked about it on the on the on the TV broadcast that oh Zimmer said out there about the run, so the Seattle Seahawks are going to be ready for the run. It's like the pendulum swung from one end to the other. You freaking got the two best receiver duo, and you don't even. Thielen finally, just now, two minutes ago, got his first or second catch. Yep. I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, Flip needs to go. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff almost had a Michael Irvin moment there. He did. Just... He came very close. <laughs> 651-646-8255. A line is open, and Stoneham in Ohio joins us next. Hello. Hey, Stoneham. guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, no problem. Go ahead. Go ahead and vent. Hey, I got a write down prediction for you. Write Kirk that Cousins. down. Yes. Kirk Cousins, you will never win a playoff game. Do you like that? That's, yeah, okay. That's aggressive. At this point in time, win a argue. playoff game. You got to get to a playoff game, right? Uh, CJ, how are you, CJ? You're on Ventline. Hey, what's going on, guys? Love the show. Thanks. First time caller. Hey, uh, I just uh, have one thing. You you kind of already alluded to it to start the show. Um, I don't know why Flip is still the coach, uh, the offensive coordinator, rather. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's got, what, 10 points in the last two games? Yep. And he's still got, you know, he, there was three, I think there was at least two instances tonight where it was third down and maybe less than three yards, and we do a pass play. And I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, I don't know if he's so consumed by Thielen and Diggs that he thinks he has to get them the ball every play. But we have Dalvin Cook, who is great out of the backfield, great on screen plays, great on swing plays. And he just continues to pass the ball when you can easily run the play, run the ball, did you see that? I interrupt you. Did you see, CJ, what just took place? I did. I'm actually watching it. A Viking t- Oh, wait, is he over the line of scrimmage, though? He's got one foot over the line, but I think it has to be both. It has to be both. I think that's, that's a touchdown. Good. That should be a good You know what you we know call what? that progress? Nobody gets fired tomorrow now. I take it all back. <laughs> Dalvin no Cook's way. great. It's... Kirk's great. Everyone's great. The John I... DeFilippo save his job by a garbage touchdown late in the game. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, CJ. If... I'll just leave you guys with this, and then I'll get offline. I know you got other callers. No worries. But if John Filippo is still the coordinator come Tuesday morning, I'm done with this team until that change happens. All right. Because that is the problem all year. You have a talented defense yeah. who is doing their job, and you have a talented offense who is underperforming because the play calling is horrible, period. Point blank and simple. Thanks, There's CJ. No talk talk to you. Bye-bye. Yeah, he's not wrong. But, hey, they just got a touchdown. I mean, this is this is tremendous progress for this team. They should they should follow the Tim Brewster theory of they scored last. Can you imagine if Zim got up there? It's like, I'm really proud of the guys. Why, Zim? Because they scored last. We scored last. We scored last. <laughs> uh, next to Ben in Minneapolis. Hi, Ben. 
Oh, guys, this was a depressing game. I felt like I was watching the Army Navy game. <laughs> yes, Saturday. That's perfectly put. And uh, but there's no pride here, Ben. In this yeah. game, there's no pride. Yeah, my dad went to the Navy, so there's at least something to play for. This team is a joke. I mean, we haven't beat a team with their winning record, and then when the defense plays, all the offense sucks. If the offense plays defense, the defense sucks. We need a fire, uh, Filippo yep. and Mike McCarthy. That that first caller had a good idea with Mike McCarthy. So uh, I don't yeah, know, Mike. I don't think Mike takes. I think I think Mike is going to get a head coaching job elsewhere. So yeah. I, I don't think he would come here as an OC. Okay, um, at least the Gophers got a good recruit yesterday. That's something to look up to. Got a four-star. You know what, no, Ben? Congratulations. Bad. You're the first person to ever come on Viking Ventline and find something positive about the Gopher football program. <laughs> I mean, it's something positive. The Wolves are probably losing right now. The Vikings they are. lost. And, yeah, this is just, oh. Hey, Ben, Sky yeah. Yuma, row the boat. Yes. Goodbye. I leave you with that. We're here for you, Manny. Yes. We are here. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know it's 10.08. We might be tired. I might be yawning. But we are here for you as long as you have to talk because this game has to be talked through. Um, Sam in D.C. Sam, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, it's going to be interesting, I think, like if Judge you're right and Flip gets fired or if he doesn't get brought back for next year. But then, like, because there's so many head coaching job openings, He's like a front runner for the Jets job, um, and that ends up getting hired for that. I thought that would be kind of interesting. Um, so I guess you know we can nitpick like little things about this team, but for me, at least watching this game, this kind of feels like a movie where you know how it's going to end, but you still have like thirty minutes left of it. Like this that's what we're on right now. That. Yeah, because we yeah, know exactly like, how it's going to come to a conclusion. Exactly, like you can beat up on bad teams and get six, seven, eight wins. And maybe they get, you know, nine wins this season, but, like, do you have any confidence beat it, going to Chicago and beating them? Nope. Or even going to Dallas and beating them? Like, you kind of know how this is going to end, and as a fan, that's really disheartening because you want a team that you think can maybe upset good teams, and this team hasn't shown that. I think the biggest problem for me is that, yes, you play good teams and they just are better than you, but, like, so many times this team just gets beat by itself. You know, it's a holding call that wipes out. Yep like a 12-yard gain, you can't kick field goals, you can't convert, you, you call a deep pass on third and one for reasons I cannot fathom. Um, and it's like, you know, I'm not, I, I'm no play-calling expert, but like I follow, you know, you guys, and I follow the ESPN writers on Twitter, and like everyone's mystified by that, so either Flip is like a Jedi who can see five moves ahead of all of us and knows this is going to work, or he's just trying to do too much. Um, I'll hang up and listen, but curious to get your thoughts on just like the overall feeling about this season and trying to find positives in a team that will make the playoffs probably, but not because it's doing anything right. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. Um, positives. Doing a little Jedi mind trick here. The John D. Filippo. Manny, Jedi can you, trick can right you now. find any positives in an offense that in third and one at one point lines up in a shotgun and throws the ball? No. I said, I said at the start of the show, this, this is, offense is bad. But this is why I am saying, this is why I am suggesting, even if you don't believe that John D. Filippo is the entire problem, I think you have to make a change right now with three games left for change's sake. Yeah, I mean... And I do find him to be a problem, but even if you don't, you've got to do something. Well, and I brought this up when we were watching the game earlier before we went on, 
And I'm not saying that this means the Vikings are going to make this change and go on the run to the Super Bowl, but if I'm not mistaken, the Baltimore Ravens in 2012 fired Cam Cameron. Yep, they did. And brought in Jim Caldwell to be the offensive coordinator, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying that the Vikings would fire John DeFilippo and then hire, you know, promote Kevin Stefanski, and then boom, now they're going to go on the run to the Super Bowl. But my point is, it's not out of the it's not out of the ordinary for a team, especially even this late into the season, to make a move like this and it actually be better off for them. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw it with Pat Shermer. Norv Turner was the coordinator. It was a mess. It was a disaster. Norv left, yep. stepped away, yep. air quotes. Yeah, pushed out the door. It's and, fine. <laughs> yeah. And Pat Shermer was, you know, this isn't, he, he was this isn't became working. the coordinator and it was better. This isn't working. No. And this team this team has far too high of expectations to accept that. I think it's that simple. Mm-hmm. The expectations for this team are not, well, it didn't work, and so, no, the expectations are do something. And it doesn't mean that John Filippo is a bad offensive coordinator. I think right now we're just seeing that it's it's not a good fit here because of the inexperience, and you got a veteran quarterback, and it's just, it's just not working. Back to the phone lines. Mike in Minneapolis. Michael, how are you? I'm not depressed because I've seen too much of this for the last, say, almost 50 years of watching Vikings football. I know your pain. It's, uh, uh, is it pain or is it just uh, numbness? It's acceptance not, now, but it used yeah. to be pain. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, well, whatever. But I have two questions. One is, um, Filippo came in because the death of, the other coordinator. No, no, he Schirmer, was on board. Shermer left uh, to take the Giants' job after the NFC title game last year, and DiFilippo replaced Pat Shermer. Okay, who's the one that died? Tony Sperano, Tony Sperano the offensive line, offensive line coach. Okay, now I think there's maybe a problem there. I think that it, when, it, when something happens like that, sure. it's it's something you find somebody real quick and you, you're not sure what's going on. You take yep. what you get. Mm-hmm. But the main question I have is I've been watching football for years and years, and I'm sitting there screaming to the TV when the field goal unit comes out and it's the, uh, our opposition is doing it, and I'm sitting there, block the kick. And many times they don't. And I'm wondering, is there a set point where they will block the kick? Or do they do it all the time? Or do they know that, no, we're not going to block it? Do you mean a kicker or a punt? The kicker. The field goal. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Okay. I think that there's times where you attempt to do it. But that's not going to be... That's... that's not going to save your well, your your behind on a night like this. So let's continue to run yeah. the phone calls. Hey, Dylan, Dylan in Portland. All right, guys, I'm not going to curse, but I'm it, needed. Okay, don't curse. I gave them the benefit of the doubt all the way up to this part of the season, and if history repeats itself like it usually does, I'm in analytics, and the numbers are usually correct through a you know a certain amount of time. Mike Zimmer has a good season, an okay slash losing season, a good season, and an okay season. Okay, this is on the downfall of our season. This is getting crazy right now. Mike DeFilippo is probably one of the worst play callers in the history of the NFL. This is crazy. Kirk Cousins is missing wide open little slants. I can get us the first downs for whatever reason. 
I've never been this heated in my life, and I love the Vikings, but I need to vent right now. This is getting crazy because we need to make a push. And if it wasn't for the Panthers losing, the Redskins and the Packers losing, we wouldn't even be in this thing. But this doesn't even matter because everyone's losing. This is, this is one of the worst seasons of the Vikings history. We give somebody $84 million of guaranteed money, and we're thinking this guy's going to come in and win us a Super Bowl or give us that push. I will take Kate Keenum right now. I will give a first-round draft pick to get Case Keenum back on our team because he doesn't miss the little dink and dunk passes. Kirk Cousins is missing those, and he's taking the sacks and throwing the ball long. And we are not together right now. I'm so sorry, guys, but this is not the Vikings team that I wanted to watch before the season. I think that was completely serious, by the way, Manny. Your thoughts? First round pick for Case Keenum, huh? You know, I think you got to ignore the suggestions and embrace the rage. Mike DiFilippo, will he embrace that? I think he. I, I think you got to ignore the. I mean, am I going to do a first round pick for a QB that now plays for, for the Broncos? Who, by the way, in no game this season has a rating above one hundred. Absolutely not. But I think I embrace the rage think, of Dylan. I think John Elway would love to get a first round pick to send Case Keenum away. Uh, phone lines continue to be full, and let's go to Abel now. Hi, Abel. Uh, good evening, Jay Z. I'm really curious what you think the. Why would you hire an offensive coordinator that hasn't called plays since he was in Cleveland? I'll tell you why. Because he shredded the he shredded Mike Zimmer's defense in an NFC Championship game, or the the quarterback that he was coaching shredded Mike Zimmer's I, defense in the NFC Championship game. I think that's, that's why a, he was hired. I think that's the right. only reason why. I think Zimmer was. I think. Zimmer was completely enamored with finding out what the secrets of the mm-hmm. Eagles were. I think Manny's exactly right there. Abel. Yeah. Isn't this just like a return to the kick-ass offense of Childress when he never called plays for Philadelphia? I said that, you know what's funny about that is there were plays tonight, and I said, it's chilly, he's back. This is their offense. This is the this is the Tavares, Gus Ferrat, that school of QBs. This is the offense because there were plays tonight that looked exactly like that. Yes, well, and last week too, Judd, we saw a yeah. fourth and eleven, and we saw an inside four yard slant to Laquan Treadwell. That's right out of the kick ass offense playbook, right there. So you are correct. Yeah, love you guys. Talk to you. Bye. Thanks for the call. Oh, let's go to our good friend, and I'm sure he has plenty to say. Miguel in Minneapolis. Hi, Miguel. Miguel. Up. What up? Hey, what was my boy in Portland? I'm feeling him, man. Let's get him back on the phone. I can listen to him. We're worried about Dylan. We're trying to find out what transpired at the end of that call. We are very concerned about Dylan in Portland right now. Hey, I just say, man, I was, uh, you got to love that passion uh, from fans and the Vikings. The Vikings, you know, they they, they got to appreciate that as well. But the thing that I'll say is everyone wants to jump down the uh, offensive coordinator's throat. I'll come to his rescue. Okay, okay. and and I'll say maybe it's tough to just be an offensive coordinator for Mike Zimmer because he hasn't had the same one since he's got here. He hasn't had the same quarterback, and there hasn't been any consistency on his on the opposite side of the ball since he's taken over. And so, with that said, also there hasn't been any attention paid to the offensive line. And maybe he's making bad hires and choices at that position because if you're going to be a coach who wants to run the ball, run the ball, and do the certain things and do it a certain way, maybe you should look and hire that type of guy. Or if you're doing that and you know this is a passing league and most guys are trying to be more innovative and pushing the ball down the, uh, 
<clears throat> field and doing some some things, and uh, you're going out and you're hiring a guy like that, by the way, who comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree, which is why you see the kick-ass offense in play. Um, you you got to do your homework. And so I'm going to look at the head coach and put some of, of that blame in and in, in some, in, uh, some on Rick Spielman as well for not addressing what is actually needed to be addressed, and that's the offensive line. And let's just, let's just say it's them. It might be hard. Now, though, he wants to run the ball. Filippo has a certain thing going in there. Kurt, he might be feeling good about a plan. And then it's like, well, we need to – he's feeling like he has to appease Zimmer. Well, when you're working and your working conditions are, and your boss is down your throat, it makes it very hard for you to do anything because now you're feeling like, well, anything I might do might not be good enough and, you're, and you don't know what to do. And so Filippo. You know, he might be just under stress because let's just face it, Mike Zimmer ain't had offensive course. Oh, he's definitely under stress. Yeah, he's he and I. I said this during the first half, Miguel. It's my firm belief that the quarter, the quarterback, and the OC are both mind believed. But guess what? You're still trying to win games. You're still trying to win. So what? what, you, You can't just accept that. Somebody's got to sort this th- thing out. I mean, the whole thing is you you signed Cousins to this contract, right, to be able to win games like tonight. Not because your offense was going to be perfect or great, but because it was going to be good enough. So something's got to change here. Yes, I'm with I'm with you on that. And and changing sometimes that can help. But I'm saying you just came in, and now if you change again, I have to look at the head coach. That's all I'm saying, Judd. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I'm saying if you do it again. I'm looking now at the head coach, like, how come you can't keep somebody here on that side of the ball, and how come it's so inconsistent as opposed to the defense when the defense, when you came in and the defense now all of a sudden is a consistent thing? That's the thing that we look forward to. But all right, Miguel, thank looking- you. Manny, your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, here's, here's where I think the problem with John Filippo is. Mike Zimmer, as I said before, he – fell in love with what the Eagles did to his defense in the NFC Championship game where they hung 38 on his defense Mm -hmm. with a backup quarterback who had not been good for years, who had one good year under Chip Kelly in Philadelphia and then bounced around the league in Kansas City and St. Louis and then ended up with back with Philadelphia as a backup. And, of course, he goes on to win Super Bowl MVP. So... Naturally, the reaction is, well, let's just, well, is it, look, look what, look what his quarterback's coach did, John D. Filippo. But sometimes just because a guy is a good quarterback's coach doesn't mean he's a good play caller. Because when yeah. you're coaching, when you're coaching a position instead of a unit, that's different. It's, it's, it's not the same thing. Now, some guys can be good quarterback's coaches and, then go on to be good offensive coordinators. But you have to have a mind for that, mm-hmm. for calling plays and knowing when to dial up the right play. That's what made Pat Shermer so good last year. That's what made Pat Shermer so good last year, and that's why he, now maybe Pat Shermer's not fit to be a head coach. Who knows? The Giants are terrible. But their offense, especially lately, it's been all right. And it's been mainly because Pat Shermer knows how to dial up certain plays in certain situations and make it work. John Filippo has failed miserably at that, especially the last couple of weeks. TCL Broadcast Studios, Vikings Vent Line is the show. Plenty to vent about a full phone line. When a phone line does open up, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 outside the Metro. Uh, speaking of outside the Metro, Scott in Arizona, you're up next event. 
How's it going, guys? It's going. How are, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm about done with this. As far as I'm Don't concerned, blame Mike, Zimmer, Mike Zimmer needs to skip the podium tonight, get John Filippo in his car, drive him down to Pike Place Market, set him up in a white apron and a butcher knife, and he'll be throwing salmon tomorrow in the morning because I'm done. Mike Prefer needs to be fired. This whole thing has turned chaos, chaotic. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Scott. 56 yards going into the Yeah, no, it's not acceptable. Yeah. You're exactly right. Exactly right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing offensively. This thing has gone from being a month ago a bit of a struggle, I thought, to off the tracks now. What's funny and there's three is, games left. What's funny is, in the totals, the Vikings actually outgained Seattle in the game. Yeah, because they got fourth quarter. In fact, I saw <laughs> course, yeah, I, I saw that's, a stat that's at one funny, point. I, I believe there was a stat they put up on the ESPN <laughs> telecast at one point in the fourth quarter where Seattle was at uh, at minus seven yards for the quarter at that point. Russell Wilson had seventy two yards passing tonight. Oh, I think this call is going to be fun. I think this call is going to be um, filled with vitriol, and I don't blame him. Don in Ohio, our pal. What did I tell you guys last week? What did I tell you guys last week? Why don't you refresh our memories, yeah. again, Don? I told you exactly last week what Manny said earlier. We should have fired DiFilippo, should have used Stefanski, and, and and at this point forward, I said it's four games we should have done this, but it's not going to happen. It, I, I would be shocked because I think Zimmer is so hard-headed and stubborn, he's going to keep John DiFilippo for the rest of the year. I think he is. I, I honestly do think that. I honestly do. This is the also here's the thing. Even if the Vikings get in, you know they 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 tice it. They 2004 tice this team right and back in the playoffs. Right? <laughs> that's a great. describing He verb Ticey. That's where to go, Don. By the way, by the way, I would take Mike Tice right now as a head coach right now because that way I'm feeling. But anyway, even if the Vikings backed in as a sixth seed, the last three road games of the first half. They have scored a total of seven points in six quarters on the road in the first half. And they've, I think, maybe combined for 300 yards. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, yes, if they want to salvage the season, Manny, you talked to it earlier, and I said it last week. You know, the Ravens did it in 2012. The Ravens did it in 2012. They won the Super Bowl. And like you said, Manny, like I said last week, and you said today. I'm not thinking it's going to happen with the Vikings. I just don't think that's going to happen. But, but you, you got to do something, change. right? You got to. You have yeah. to at this point. You absolutely have to because I think Zimmer's Zimmer is on the cusp of losing this team. Well, and someone and, that mentioned also that Thielen, after he caught a pass late in the game, yep. yelled to Cousins, you know, it's been there bleeping all game. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so we had a Seattle Harvin like meltdown now. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, actually, yeah, he said they was it was caught on uh, it was caught on the mic that he said that out loud and you could hear it on the mic. Interesting. So well, I mean, but let's I, be honest, I mean here here's the thing. You can tell Cousins and I said it last week too, Cousins has no confidence in this offense. Yes. Agreed. None. Agreed. None. And, and you can see it. He's seeing ghosts too. He is he's feeling pressure in the pocket that is non existent at times. You know, I, I just, if they want to salvage the season, they have to fire, they, they just have to let him go and bring up Stefanski. What is the worst that's going to happen? Because you know what? It would not shock me at all if Miami beats them Sunday. 
it would not shock because the Vikings have yet to be a team with a winning record this year. And the Dolphins have a winning record now. Sure do. And yeah. the last time the Vikings have played an AFC team, I think this late, like was a Beckle against the Colts when they needed a must win. They laid an egg back then, and that was in 2016. So I don't know what it is about the Vikings and them and these teams in the even years. They're the worst. Odd years, they're great. Even <laughs> years, they're the worst. They're just underperformed so much. So, I, I, honestly, if I just I think the right players are going to fire, they should fire Defoe tonight. I just don't think it's going to happen. Thanks, I Don. Take it easy. Appreciate the call. Quick, uh, yes, little bit of info for you, Judd. I'm on the uh, Wikipedia page of one Jim Caldwell, and uh, it says in the subsection on his uh, career bio. 13 days after his dismissal from the Indianapolis Colts, Caldwell was named quarterback's coach by the Baltimore Ravens on January 30th, 2012. On December 10th, 2012, yep. the Ravens dismissed Cam Cameron and named Caldwell offensive coordinator. Now you could do that, Pierre. December 10th. What's today's date? Yeah, you're right. The Stefanski <laughs> move is not a pipe dream. Like, it's not there a ridiculous a why, notion. There was a reason why they blocked him from going to the Giants, because yes. they like him. So give him the job now. So, Worst yeah. case, he's a miserable failure himself. It doesn't matter at this point. You you've, got, you've got to do something. You, you can't something. allow a season with three games left now, and the offense looking this bad. You can't just allow it to continue to be a dumpster fire. Uh, Springfield is where we go next for Kristen. Hello. Hello there. Um, first of all, i got to start out with a ray of hope, because if teams can win the Super Bowl with quarterbacks like Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer... We're going to do it. Well, we got to get rid of DiFilippo. Okay. Cousins has to get rid of the ball a lot faster than he's doing. And we've got to get someone in there who's going to actually work well with Zimmer. I don't know if that's possible. And also with Cousins. But Cousins is who he's always been at Washington, you know. But um, I still think we've, you know, we've got a good team. We've got to look forward to next year and, and show up the O-line and uh, go Vikes. All right. Thank you. All right. That is, that is the only call that we are going to get like that, Manny Hill, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> that was a ray of hope. Uh, 651-646-8255, 1500 TCL Broadcast Studios. The show is Vikings Event Line on a 1500 ESPN. Also, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Appreciate all of you who are watching and or listening to us via those mediums. Warren in St. Paul. Well, I can tell you exactly what you're not bringing up, which, which people haven't brought up at all. I blame Manny, but One, go ahead. Mm-hmm. The Vikings had three offensive linemen on the roster this year that are starting for other teams right now. A great example, Weitzman, who was here, they got in from Kansas City, is starting for Chicago, hasn't given up a sack. They've shot themselves in the foot on the offensive line. They they, they got guys that are starting and playing well. Uh, we had a guy in the practice squad that's playing for, uh, playing for Arizona right now. Things you haven't brought up on offense, one, one problem with that is, there is absolutely no motion with these receivers. They're not creating any mismatches on offense. And if you looked at where Thielen was lining up half the time tonight, he was where the tight end was. He had no space there. They got a guy on the roster. Now they'll screw this up. They got the fastest guy in the NFL. can do what Tyreek Hill can do. And we've all seen him do it here in our state. They got uh, Jalen Myrick. On the practice squad. The reason I say that's important, he played at Jacksonville last year, got good experience with their great secondary. He returned kicks for touchdowns here with the U of M. 
He can play defense, but I would use him as an offensive player. And I, 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 they don't have anybody right now that can do what these running backs are doing and uh, creating space, get motion. And I'm telling you right now, they used him as a receiver yep. in the backfield. Like they did Tyreek Hill wasn't – they never used him when he was with Kansas City. He wasn't considered a wide receiver. He was a kick returner. But I'm telling you right now, uh, Cook is not a good pass receiver to get separation, to get open like Cohen and these guys in Chicago. All right, Warren, thanks. All I know is Manny Hill, when it's third down and one, and you had one or two quarterback sneaks that worked very well, why are you trying to pass the ball from shotgun? So I it, yeah. I don't. So Warren wants him to bring Jalen Myrick, who's on the, the practice squad, yeah, but and put him at wide receiver. Yeah, Warren. Warren, we don't need to be that intricate. Jalen Myrick was a really good player for the Gophers, and he's done well for himself by being on an NFL roster at at the very least on a but not going to solve your a, problems on a on a uh, practice squad. But I, they're not putting him at wide receiver. I also refuse to believe that there's no effective way that Dalvin Cook can be used. And right now, the Vikings are somehow making it look like that's the case, and that makes no sense to me. Ken in Illinois. Hey, so I'm going to try to be as, uh, well, I'll keep my language because I'm pretty upset. Okay, we're hovering over the dump button right now. (laughs) Those of you watching on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, my hand is over this dump button. See the dump button right there? Okay, go ahead now. Go ahead and talk. Right. Be careful. So I, I understand everybody being upset with Cousins and the and what the uh, caller last week called him Flippy. Flippy Flip. You know, <laughs> yep. Right. So and I get it. You know, Flip should be fired. I, I get that. But to me, uh, if you were to do a pie chart of blame, mm-hmm. there would be thirty percent would go, and, and that thirty percent would be split between Cousins and Flip. The other seventy rest solely on Spillman and Zimmer. And I say that because you knew going back since two, 2012 that this team has not had a, well, one year they had an adequate offensive line. Past that, this offensive line has been absolutely horrendous. They didn't address it. If you are the coach of the team, you should be telling your general manager, hey, you need to do whatever you have to do to move up in the first round, the second round, whatever, to get me a better offensive line. You don't move a right tackle mm-hmm. who's been an only an adequate right tackle all his career to decide to move him to right guard. I don't get it. And you've seen him get blown up game after game after game. And I don't even blame Rimmers because the dude is trying. But my God. Spillman, with him not doing anything with this offensive line and thinking, oh, well, we just got caught off guard, you're a general manager. You've been the general manager of this organization for over 10 years, and you mean to tell me that in all this time you cannot see the trend of what is happening? The offensive lineman every year has been going earlier and earlier, and you need to keep up with that? If you don't, you're going to be left in the dust. And where I fault Zimmer a lot, about this whole problem is his whole philosophy. Well, if we play good defense and we can pound the ball, then we can win the games. I'm sorry. In this day and age, you're just going to run the ball. You are going to get beat. 
And, yes, Seattle won that game tonight, but that was an anomaly. You look at all these offenses, the Saints, the Rams, the Patriots, whatever you want to choose, they are aggressive. We are a team that I can remember since I've been a fan for over 40 years. Mm -hmm. We are a team that plays not to lose. We are not a team that plays to win. We don't get aggressive unless we are down in the game or it's under two minutes. That's the only time. Otherwise, Zimmer is content to when it gets to, oh, well, we're up 17 or 20 to 13. We're just uh, pound the ball and we're running, run out the clock. Okay, well, that's a good idea. But if you get a holding penalty, if you get an offsides penalty, if you have any type of penalty or you fumble the ball or anything happens, the whole momentum can shift. Thanks, Ken. Uh, your point about the line, we've talked about a thousand times. Spielman yeah. deserves, there's absolute blame there. There's absolute yeah. blame. And that goes to, that That has not been a conversation in the last few weeks, the last few months. That's been a conversation, an ongoing thread since the draft in April. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, we've talked about it a thousand times. So, yeah. well, I mean, listen. We're on record as saying that Spielman, Spielman and Zimmer goofed this thing up by mm-hmm. not properly addressing something that should have been addressed after you signed a quarterback to a long term deal and they didn't do it. And we all said, why not? And it's bit them squarely in the behind. Even, Judd, even if you don't, let's say they didn't sign Kirk Cousins and let's say they brought back Case Keenum for two years and 35 million, whatever Case Keenum got. Your right guard, Joe Berger, who was 35 years old and very good for you last year, retired. Yeah, they just ignored it. He retired. It. They ignored it. It's malpractice. It was, a, it was a gaping hole at the right guard position, and they did nothing well, to fix it. And, and they, nothing. And they did address it in the second round by drafting a player at, at a position at which they had a guy. Yeah. Mike Rammers can play right tackle. He's not a very good guard. Go get a guard. You have a so, guard that retired. Go replace him. This was about... This was... This was uh, beyond a first guess, and not just by us, by a lot of people. Uh, Derek in Texas. Hello, Derek. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Uh, that, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that last guy made some great points, but um, I don't see us being uh, – I don't see us going to the playoffs at all, and we don't deserve to get there if we get there. The thing I'm tired of hearing is uh, people talking about this run-the-ball nonsense. It needs to stop because, first of all, in order to run the ball, you need a great offensive line, and that's something that we don't have. All year long, Zimmer's been – I see him in the first half, and, I, and, and when it comes to the second half, I don't see him adjusting to what he needs to do during the game. I can't believe how – this guy's an idiot, man. He's just always, always being hard-headed and not being open-binded. His, his offensive goal of, of just running the ball – and, and uh, you know, being tough on defense. Like, just, like the one guy said it before me. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. In today's age, what team is doing that? Playing tough on, uh, tough on defense? Yeah, that's great. But you want to run the ball all the damn time? That's not going to work, man. I'm telling you, it's not going to work. And all right, Derek, thanks. Here's my thing, though, Judd. I, I don't think the, the issue is not Mike Zimmer wanting to run the ball all the time. Like the issue is when you and we've talked about this already. When it's third and one, and you're insistent on having Kirk Cousins drop, do a seven-step drop back out of the shotgun on third and one, 
Run, you run the football in that situation or do a quarterback sneak. Oh, look, they did two quarterback sneaks tonight. And guess what? They both worked. Yeah, and the off- They both worked. And for the most part, the offense looks absolutely atrocious. And the frustration is understandable because you signed this guy to a three-year guaranteed, which isn't even done, $84 million contract. You got Dalvin Cook. You've still got Diggs and Thielen. And, and I guess there is ESPN after Thielen made a catch late in the game. He did get up and say something along the lines of, it's been there all bleeping night. Well, the, the and, other he's not, too- and he's not wrong, but Kirk Cousins is seeing ghosts, too. I mean, this this whole offense is yeah. in, is right now, it's in disarray. It's just in disarray. It's a bad offense, and it's, and I mean, forget about the run-pass ratio here. Who cares? The problem is situational play calling is not good yep, with this offense. Right. That's the problem. It's not about, well, they got to run, make sure they run the ball well, 30, New England, 30 times. Against or, the Patriots, it was because they gave you the run and you didn't take it. But, to, but yeah. tonight, it's situational. But, it's but just, even then, what's if, frustrating, if the Patriots are giving you the running game, that's situational. Take it. Yeah, what's frustrating about it's not that any of us think that, that we could actually go and call plays. I think what confuses, confounds, and frustrates media and fans is when you see a coordinator, not apply common sense. Yeah. That's what got me about Musgrave at times. That's what's get, getting me now. That's where I love Shermer. Everything he did, listen, he was fantastic, but it started with what he did actually made sense. Mm-hmm. He knew what play to call, now, when to call it. Now, I don't know where fault lies on on the fourth down pass for Rudolph when you see the play develop and Thielen is open, yeah. and it's Adam Thielen who, by the way, drops almost nothing. So, so there's frustration and blame to be shared here. It's all over. But you're right. It is. It is situational. And to me, to me, when it gets as out of whack as things are right now, situational becomes common sense. Shelby. Hi. Yeah. Hi. So, go ahead. <laughs> thanks. So, like most of the season, like I've been on the same boat, like every with everyone else, that like the play calling has been a little off with Flippy. The problem is, like. I don't know, like, there were definitely bad calls tonight, like, passing on third and one. I'm screaming at the TV, sneak. I've been doing this all year. Whenever it's less than a yard, just just sneak it, the hand off to, to C.J. Ham. They work because they're quick fire. You know what's quicking, like, what's more of a quick fire run than C.J. Ham is if you just have the quarterback lean forward for that yard. So, like, I don't know, like, Tonight was the first night that I felt like Flippy was a little bit of a victim of circumstance, and I almost started to feel bad for him. I Whoa. feel like he tried. Yeah, he got to run the ball feedback. Like I feel like Zimmer may have been in his ear all week yep. and said run the ball. And I feel like when they came out tonight, they they did that, and he stuck to the game plan, and it almost like it hurt the offense even more. So like. The only time the offense ever showed any life was when they threw those three consecutive passes with the 40-yarder to Dix. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Like I almost just started to feel bad for Flippy, and like Zimmer's been throwing him under the bus, and now everybody's like, oh, you know, he was like this guy who was going to be considered for an offensive coordinator. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. No, for head coach. For Thanks, Shelby. No, it's for head coaching jobs, and I don't get that one. Well, and again, my thing, I'll go back to situational stuff again. Like tonight, the fourth down that they went for when they handed it off to Latavius Murray and didn't get it. 
that's because the re- the primary reason why they didn't get it, part of it was because this offensive line isn't very good, but also when it's fourth down and you put Latavius Murray in and have him be the deep back, everybody and their mama knows that Latavius Murray is getting the football there. And if, if everybody in the stadium and if everybody's watching the game at home, if they all know Latavius Murray's going to get the ball there, which he did, you think the Seattle Seahawks don't know he's getting the ball? That's the problem. It's like, think, situational. Hey, hmm. But the quarterback sneak has been working. But this goes it's pretty effective. This Maybe goes back to what I told again. you before, though. Part of the issue now is the quarterback and coordinator are mind bleeps. <laughs> They're paralyzed with fear of what the head coach is going to, to do. Uh, Thielen indeed caught a pass late in that game, got up, and then is uh, caught on ESPN microphone saying it's been there all bleeping day. So we got some friction here, too. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, you know what? That's okay. Because there's friction right in the studio right now. Right, Eric and Bismarck? Yeah, absolutely, guys. Hey, guys, let's cheer up. There's always next year, right? Well, yes, because it's an odd year, and we're told that those are good, and there will be probably less pressure because expectations are down. Yeah, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Good point, Eric. <laughs> hey, I think Kirk Cousins is kind of like this generation's Herschel Walker, right? Except for what we gave up in, like, uh, personnel assets, we gave up in money assets for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has that one, that that second game of the year against the Packers, and we're thinking, this is the guy that's going to do this in the next game. Herschel Walker kicks his shoe off in his first game. We're like, whoa! Against whom? The Packers, right? Yeah. Both against the Packers. (laughs) And guess where they both came down? Herschel Walker lasted two and a half years. Kirk Cousins is going to last three years. I predict he takes Zimmer with him probably middle to end of next year. I do predict the Vikings lose to the Dolphins next week, somehow make the playoffs, and just totally embarrass themselves in the first round. Let's see how that works out. Here's to 2019. Thanks, Eric. Bye. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing, Judd, is even if this team does make the playoffs, which there's still a pretty good chance they will, it's like, are they going to go into Chicago and win? Are they going to go into Dallas and win? The Cowboys are playing really well. Their defense is playing better. No, got not unless you don't shake. You gotta shake so, you got to shake something up. Yeah. No, as status quo, you can't. No way. Yeah. TCL broadcast. Uh, TCL broadcast studios. The show is a Viking vent line. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Zolgad, Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison, as always, working the phones and doing a great job producing. There is an open phone line. Six five one six four six eight two five five. And let's go to Denver, where Kyle is holding on from the land of Case Keenum. Hey, I got, uh, I got one statement about this season and one question about next season. What I would like to currently say about this season is, I just cracked a beer, and about next season, my question is, do you trust the roster construction, the core of this team, or do you trust the coaching staff, including Spielman? Because uh, I don't think you can bring back both, the way this team has performed. Manny, your thoughts? Um, I... <sighs> I still am a believer that Mike Zimmer is a good coach and that he has the ability to win a championship. I think the biggest thing, and I've said this all season long, ever since we've realized that this offensive line has had issues, that that needs to be priority number one. 
next offseason. And that's where I'm looking at Rick Spielman. I'm not going to call for Rick Spielman's head right now. I mean, I think they've got too much invested into this team right now. They've got to let this thing sort of play out with Cousins and this whole era. But he better get it in gear in terms of getting an offensive. He's got to get this quarterback some help. Well, yeah, it's his quarterback, and he's paying him guaranteed 84 mil over three years. He better get him some help. I mean, not getting help this time around. He's got to give him some help up front. And if Zimmer is wanting to run the football more, I mean, he's been talking about that. Yep. You got to get, you got to upgrade at the offensive line. And like it or not, he also, what they have to do is whoever is going to coordinate this offense in 2019 and the GM, they have to agree on the fact that they realize what Cousins' limitations are. He is not a top five quarterback. He's not a top ten. And to treat him like that, and to ask him do thing to do things consistently that Brady or Rodgers or any other top ten, top five QB can do is going to end in losses. And because you have so much money invested into this quarterback, who's just outside of the top ten, I guess right now, mm-hmm. you you're going to have to be very creative in terms of trying to upgrade. I mean, if, if it's free agency, then you're probably going to cut some guys. You have to let some guys go, maybe on the defensive side. Anthony Barr's gone. Yeah. Otherwise, you can go into the draft. Hello, Rick Spielman, talking to you. The guy who has not really addressed the offensive line in the first two rounds of the draft mm-hmm. very much at all in the, since he's been the GM. Got to do it. Mike Zimmer on the Vikings short yardage failures on Monday night. Quote, some were execution. There were a couple we probably could have called something better. And so we still continue mm-hmm. to all agree that the play calling could be different. Unfortunately for Mike, he's the head coach. And as I said last week, this all lands on one man's desk. It's Mike Zimmer's. Kevin in Minneapolis. Hey, hi, guys. I uh, I called a few weeks ago after the Jets game and told everybody to relax. But since then, I've been listening, and you guys have been right on about Cousins. Now it comes out with with the offensive coordinator. And I kind of wonder, is it more important to have a better offensive coordinator than a quarterback or a better quarterback than offensive coordinator? I don't know. Cousins reminds me of Tommy Kramer. I watched the Chiefs matriculate down the field when I was 15 years old, the first Super Bowl. I'm used to it. It it doesn't really matter anymore. But I just want to compliment you guys. I think you've really taken over a great show, and I appreciate listening. I actually flip over from NPR every day well, to listen you. to you guys. Thank you, Kevin. So, awesome. Much appreciated, on, man. Right. And I love I love your honesty and your and who cares if you insult the quarterback? He's getting 50 million. Well, that was really nice until the end. He was on a roll until that last little part there. You know, NPR guys said that stuff. Well, for you, those who are watching on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, I bet you got that whole rant. Yeah. Uh, let's let's continue to uh, run the phone calls. TCL Broadcast Studios, 651-646-8255. Please, if you're going to call us, do not work blue. I would ask that. One of my favorites, always putting things in excellent perspective, and she's watched this team from day one. Hi, Linda in Wyoming. Great to hear from you. <laughs> Hi, guys. You missed the dump button. <laughs> oh, I think we... I'm the, I, last, I'm I, the last caller. Well, if you were on hold, Linda, you... I mean, it went live timing to you, so it, it's... Oh, okay. I, I think, okay. I think the, the listeners think didn't get it, but you did, and like I said... you were on hold. We'd prefer that... We, we understand that people are upset. We would prefer they don't work blue <laughs> on 1500 ESPN. Anywhere else, I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, well, it made, it made me laugh anyway, so. <laughs> it made me laugh, too. Yeah. I got yeah. a little chuckle out of it. I'm going to do a little takeoff on what you guys were talking about a couple of callers ago, particularly Manny with um, 
um, Spielman. I, I see really two major problems. you got Spielman, who hasn't fixed the offensive line, mm-hmm. and who is really, his choice of quarterbacks has been marginal for all the years that he's been the GM of the, um, the Vikes. Now, I'm not saying to give up on Cousins. Maybe there's a different offensive coordinator who can match his style. I'm sure things should be different if Sherman was working with him that way. Okay. And then your other one is Zimmer. Zim's come in. He's a defensive-minded coach. And you know what, guys? He won't give it up. He's got to call all the plays. Yep. He's got to stay involved. He's got to insist that that's where the draft picks go. And when you're so involved in that end of it, you're missing all the other things that the head coach has to be aware of and has to be doing and has to be thinking about during the game that way. Every year after the end of the season, he goes back and asks his players, well, yeah, what should I do? And then he comes back, well, i got to do a better job of this, got to do a better job of that. He's got to decide, does he want to stay a defensive coordinator for this team or does he want to be the head coach who's making the decisions, putting the pieces in place that he needs, giving up some of those defensive draft picks to get some of the offensive line, or does he want to stay as that defensive coordinator and keep that defense the way it is? And uh, if you don't change one of those two things, then we're going to continue year after year after year after year with the same thing and the same frustrations. Take a look at the four division-leading teams. Three of those, the head coach is an offensive-minded coach. They're, in fact, calling plays. The only one who I think who isn't calling plays is uh, Jason Garrett of Dallas. And so there's a change in the league. And your defense can stay as it is, Mike, but you've got to go with the offensive end of it, and you've got to get involved there. One of those two things or both of those have to change, or we're going to be calling next year with the same frustration. So. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Linda. Um, Yeah, she's right. But we talked about this last week, and this is why it frustrates me when when Zimmer gets up to the podium and criticizes play calling. That's ultimately his decision. He's He's, the head coach. He's the one. You're not head coach defense. So if things aren't going Mm -hmm. the way that you like, that's on you. I mean, this is a this is there's a reason why the head coach is given a headset with a toggle switch that goes to two sides. It's not a defensive side switch, and it's not an offensive. It's both. And you can elect to toggle back and forth and have as much input as you want on offense and defense. And if you're going to choose to call plays on defense, and hey, you know what? The defense tonight looked dead tired, but they did a pretty damn good job, Manny. I thought they did. Mm-hmm. But that's not his side. That's He can't just say, well, yeah, but my offensive guy didn't do his job. I mean, Your job's both sides here. Bill Belichick was a de- is a defensive-minded yeah. coach. One of the great defensive coordinators of the 1980s and into the 90s under Bill Parcells with the Giants. Tony Dungy was a defensive-minded coach. I mean, when you get when you become the head coach, you have to start paying attention to both sides of the ball. That's part of your deal. And with Mike Zimmer, I'm wondering if he because because he talked about this last week, right? About how. You know, I, I might have to start letting George yep. take care of more, more of the defensive calls and things like that. Well, yeah, Mike, you're the head coach. I mean, George Edwards, is this is this is your fifth year with George Edwards as your defensive coordinator. If you don't trust him to make calls right by now, by year five, 
Well, I don't think he can give it up, but the problem I mean, is he has gotta, to realize then he, for, he's, he forfeits. He has to, though, Judd. He no, has I, to at this point. But he, he also forfeits his right to uh, complain a ton about the play calling because that's something he could easily resolve by saying, I'm going to be involved on right. game day. And, and he's not. Uh, back to the phone lines, David in Minneapolis. Hey, uh, good evening. So um, we might be seeing the area of the reverse Randy ratio with the uh, with uh, you know forcing the run, and uh, when you talked about Murray, it was obvious he was going to run. This year, more than any other year I've ever seen, I don't understand. Like it's so obvious that they're running at times when they pull Thielen and whatever receivers are out on the edge, they bring him and pack him close on these short yardage runs, and they basically just stand there and do nothing. It would seem like you would want to spread the defenders out as much as possible and have better points of attack than trying to go right up the middle and then have all these defenders right there. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Well, and going back to that Murray run, if I'm not mistaken, Judd, they got the Vikings got called for they got stopped. Mm-hmm. Murray got stopped short of the first down on fourth down, and they called they called a penalty. They I think they brought in an extra lineman, right? They brought in Rashad Hill, right? Yes, we talked about that. And yep. Rashad Hill got called for holding. Now the Seahawks declined the penalty because they had stopped Murray anyway. Right. So I I mean, you bring in that package. It is blatantly obvious, and you bring in Latavius Murray, it's blatantly obvious that they're going to turn around and give the ball to him. But so how the Seahawks were ready for that. And I guess my, my question back to that, though, is how do you not get the yard? Like, how do you not get that yard? Because they, they, they lack talent on the offensive line, and because the Seahawks knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. Uh, to Burnsville, where Mike has been... Waiting patiently. Sorry about that. Mike, go ahead. Well, the play you're talking about, it doesn't help when your quarterback and Murray run into each other, first of all. Yeah. Or, or was that's, that that's Cook? That's a bit of a problem. I thought Cook had the same problem at, at, at one point with a shotgun uh, snap that Cousins took. He handed off to Cook near the goal line, and they sort of collided. I, I had a, a choice tonight. And uh, I had to choose between the worst play-by-play radio announcer in pro football or the worst TV crew on pro football. And I, I muted it, and it was actually kind of enjoyable. So you got nothing? I got nothing. You play and some I, music or what? It. You play a little, like, Beatles or something? No, what was going I was on? Just watching the game. Okay. And, okay. Fair so enough. I'm confused. Yes, Filippo and Cousins are under fire, but... Isn't 80% of a play what happens in the trenches to create the big plays? And why are those two getting so crucified when you have five cadavers standing there up front doing absolutely nothing? I don't understand. And what color hoodie are you wearing? Oh, it's a black one oh, okay. from Target. It's very comfortable. <laughs> it's not. Don't confuse it with the one I'm going to break out here shortly. The wife got me a 2XL Live PD blue hoodie that arrived in the mail, and she's very excited for, for me to wear it. It's going to be very comfortable, but this is my Target special from a couple weeks ago. And Manny will appreciate that. It's just amazing watching this basketball game. The Wolves get close, and they all... Oh, God, just three after three after three, swish, swish, swish. This isn't Wolves' bed line. Mike, Mike, this is Vikings' bed line. We can only handle one at a time. Mike, that's the Warriors, man. Sorry, Mike. That's that's what happens when you're playing the Golden State Warriors. All right. Next time I call, I'm not going to ask what color hoodie you're wearing. I'm concerning myself. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) I don't mind one bit. Thank you. Bye.
All right, let's do this. Chad, Brad, Phil, and Ted, hold on. We're going to take a break. Vikings Vent Line, we're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. We do have a phone line open. We are here for you, 651-646-8255. But now let's pay some bills. Yes, Vikings Vent Line is brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, the best spot in the Twin Cities to catch a game uh, as the Vikings uh, make a push for the playoffs. they got some work to do. There are tons of TVs at Lucky's 13 uh, legendary appetizers. They've got those amazing fresh half-pound burgers, handcrafted sandwiches, a uh, wide variety of uh, several pub favorites. The drink menu's great. Huge selection of tap beer and handcrafted cocktails. The best Bloody Marys in town. We did a poll on Mackie and Judd earlier today about uh, Bloody Marys and, and drinks that you might have uh, during brunch time. Well, you can certainly head to Lucky 13 for brunch time on a Sunday if you want. And you can try the Bacon Bloody, the Jalapeno Bloody, the Mother Mary. You can grab a flight, try try them all. Uh, and days like yesterday, Lucky's, uh, they celebrate Sunday Fun Day where they have happy hour all day long on Sunday, every single Sunday. And if you have people in your life who... Uh, their li- if their lives don't revolve around football, you know what? You can bring them to Lucky's, and uh, it's a great spot for friends and family for the holidays. Uh, they go all out with all the decorations and everything. Five locations in the Twin Cities, Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, and Roseville. If you're having people over for uh, for a holiday party, call ahead to Lucky's, and they'll be uh, ready to pick up your food when you get there. Find them online at Lucky's13Pub.com, Lucky's13Pub.com. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings Vent Line now continues. It's a play. Parson, and he goes right in. This is getting crazy right now. Mike Filippo is probably one of the worst play callers in the history of the NFL. This is crazy. Kirk Cousins is missing wide open little slants. I can get us the first downs for whatever reason. I've never been this heated in my life, and I love the Vikings, but I need to vent right now. This is getting crazy because we need to make a push. And if it wasn't for the Panthers losing, the Redskins and the Packers losing, we wouldn't even be in this thing. But this doesn't even matter because everyone's losing. This is, this is one of the worst seasons of the Vikings' history. We give somebody $84 million of guaranteed money, and we're thinking this guy's going to come in and win us the Super Bowl or give us that push. I will take Case Keenum right now. I will give a first-round draft pick to get Case Keenum back on our team because he doesn't miss the little dink and dunk passes. Kirk Cousins is missing those, and he's taking the sacks and throwing the ball long. And we are not together right now. I'm so sorry, guys. But this is not the Vikings team that I wanted to watch before the season. Here's fourth and goal. Cousins to the end zone. Batted away. Incomplete. Yeah, Vikings vent line rolls on. Manny Hill, Judd Zolgad. Brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs. Five Twin Cities locations. Find them online. At Lucky's13Pub.com. And, yeah, Judd, that was a caller we had, one of our first callers that was of the Dylan, night. That was Dylan, Dylan from Portland, and I'm greatly concerned about his, his welfare right now. Uh, full phone line, 651-646-8255. And let's go to Brad and Chaska, who has been waiting patiently. Hello, Brad. Good evening. Hey, guys. You know, I, I got two questions here. One of them I want to I hit that fourth down 
for the, the, the goal line stand that, that we couldn't score a touchdown on. But, you know, everybody's been saying here lately, we all know Filippo needs to go. And more than likely, you know, we all hope sooner rather than later, but more than likely the end of the season. But question is, is if the Vikings fail, is Zimmer's head on the line too? Because like you said, Judd, he has the authority to overrule and make the plays, and he's not doing it. So could he be, you know, looking to be replaced? Hey, Brad, I I think that to answer your question, I think that Mike and Rick will be under extreme pressure going into 2019. I would be very surprised if either of those gentlemen lost their jobs after 2018. Again, I'm gonna, and this goes into what I was gonna say with the, the goal line stand. So we have what the two yard line. We're on first and goal. We have four plays from inside the two yard line. We ran three times, and then we tried to pass to Rudolph. You know what? Everybody says Rudolph. He's he's the red zone Viking. He is the one that can catch that ball. Why are we not play action? Doing play action two or three tries in that drive inside the two and hitting Rudolph. In the end zone. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Bill Belichick even said it. Thanks, Brad. I have no half ago. Kyle Rudolph, he's big, he's strong. No, but he's I mean, fast. he's right. He's good in the red Just look area. at you know what they did yeah. in the Green Bay game where DiFilippo did things that Zimmer liked or approved of. What they did do in that game was they seemed to go back and have looked at what Shermer did. Mm-hmm. Don't be too proud to copy it. Yeah. Pat Shermer had as good of a year. I, I have followed the Vikings. Since 1978, and I believe that he had as good of a year as a play caller as I have seen. He was that good. Mm-hmm. Got him a head coaching job. He was like ab- a legit head coaching and job. And he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Phil in Plymouth, you're up next on Vikings Event Line. We are here for you, Phil. Thanks, guys. I do need it tonight. Uh, last week, I was a little bit of a more jovial mood. Even though we lost, I expected it last week. I was able to joke about Joe Buck uh, being better, which I do think he proved it tonight because that ESPN crew is all-time bad. Uh, it is really rough. Um, there is obviously plenty to touch on that Vikings fans are with Flippy, with Cousins, with the O-line, with Prefer. Um, a couple missed things. We didn't deserve to win tonight. We held Russell Wilson to 72 passing yards in our offense. Uh, couldn't manage to score the ball, but I do think there were two huge pivotal calls uh, by the refs that really cost us one on that field goal and then also on that very touchy uh, Xavier Rhodes uh, pass interference that gave them on some extra uh, that gave them an extra three points I thought that was pretty huge um, it's tough to nitpick on our defense but I just want to bring up that since Everson Griffin returned he yep. has driven me nuts mm-hmm. uh, he, he can't keep containment he's good for one offside the game uh, and uh, he just, he's just—he's—he's not a reliable pass rusher anymore. I, God bless him. I hope he stays healthy. Um, I don't know what his contract situation is. Maybe you guys could let me know uh, after if if we are responsible for a lot of money with him next year. I think Stephen Weatherly is better and deserves the playing time. Uh, he I did a good job again today tracking down Wilson. I just would rather have Weatherly with Hunter on the field. Griffin's been a great Viking. I don't want to crap on him, but he's just not the same anymore. Um, and for Vikings fans, if you want to feel better about Kirk Cousins' $84 million contract, uh, after this tonight, after Ventline wraps up, we can go watch the Wolves lose in the fourth quarter and watch Andrew Wiggins brick long twos all day long for $141 million. So that's not going to make you feel any better. 
Uh, but I got to end with some positivity. So go, go, Sky Uma, row the boat, go Vikes, Skull. This is how we baseball. Go Wild, our ice, all eyes north. <laughs> oh, Phil, you've become one of my favorite callers. Yeah. Um, um, on the Everson Griffin thing, he, I, I think he's going to be asked to take a substantial pay cut, and if he doesn't, I think he's going to be released. Hmm. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty simple. Man. Uh, that you know, it's it's amazing. I mean, you're probably right, but it goes to your point. You're gonna you got to make up for the to make some the cousins contracts guaranteed, so you yeah. can't be going to cousins. It's just with Everson Griffin, it's tough because he's been an, an emotional leader for that team for so long now and so many years, and it's tough to see him underperform the way he has yeah. this year. I mean. But he's before good. before the whole situation and like especially like since he's been back, it's just he's just not been very good. I think from a business standpoint, though, regardless of, of how he played, unless he had had a Hall of Fame type year, they were going to go to him and ask him to take a pay cut. Mm-hmm. The money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, they've got to look at lo- long and hard. How do we create opportunities uh, to give us cap space to sign a lineman? They've got to. Mm-hmm. Ted Minnetonka. Well, first of all, I'd like to say, uh, I, uh, Judd, I miss the Homer and Panic show in the mornings. And Manny, you need your own show. Uh, secondly, uh, I had a coach one time from the Gophers I had lunch with one time tell me, you want to watch who's going to win a football game, watch the line of scrimmage, the first couple series, and I can guarantee you 80% of the time, the team who dominates the line of scrimmage will win the football game. That was Cal Stoll many years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm an old guy, and I, I and uh, so I'll admit that. Uh, my question to you guys is this, and the reason I love you guys, I love listening to you guys rather than the callers. But my question is this: when 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 the Gophers, for instance, who I love, I love all football, are struggling on defense. They point to the head coach, and they say, what the heck's going on with the program? When the Vikings are struggling, everything's on DeFilippo, and I don't disagree with any of the callers. is a disaster. But where does the head coach come in, in, in on the NFL team? And I'll listen to you guys talk about that. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate the call. the call. He comes in big time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My only, the only thing is I feel that you have to make a change with three games left to shake things up. And I don't know that Zimmer, and this is, listen, everything I've said for two weeks now is an indictment on the head coach. Mm -hmm. It's his team. But there's three games left, and you are going to, I'm fairly certain, back into the playoffs. I I honestly think the only way the Vikings aren't the sixth seed and don't go to the playoffs is if they do the bowl participation thing and decline it. They're going to the playoffs. Like who's go? I, well, I'll go back to this. Who's going to come get them below them? I I agree. The thing of it is, is the way this offense is playing right now. To your point, they got to do something because if they're not careful, if they don't, if they keep in this status quo, yep. And you got Miami coming to town, and people like to look at Miami and say, well, you know, it's Miami, it's Tannehill, and, I, you know, 
Miami's seven and six, and they just beat the Patriots yesterday. But you end the year, then and they beat the Bears earlier this year. But then too. you get Detroit at Detroit, and they they want their head coach fired so bad they can taste it. They, I will say this: the Vikings have the still have, despite tonight's loss, and we talked about it earlier on the show today. The Vikings, despite this loss, still have the inside track for the playoffs, but they can't mess around with this anymore. Their their margin for error with this loss tonight has gotten slimmer. And if you want to assure yourself of getting into the playoffs and not even have to sweat it out in Week 17 against the Bears, I mean, because here's the thing. The Bears might have the division locked up by Week 17, mm-hmm. but do the Bears, the Bears might be still trying to win for the sake of getting a three-seed versus a four-seed. Maybe yeah. Dallas well, Dallas is right yeah, on their heels. That would be different. If and if case. if the Bears are going into Week 17 and thinking, "Hey, I mean, if we but win, Manny, we'll get the three seed." Here's the scary thing: you still might not be able. If the Vikings lose to Miami, beat Detroit, and lose to Chicago, they still might not be able to avoid the playoffs. I know, but yeah, I you're just, talking about teams around them that are the Vikings. The Vikings are a smoldering mess. I know. Washington but, is a full raging fire. Green Bay's got Joe Philbin. I'm sorry, but and by the way, they beat Atlanta. Who I, I'm well aware. Right. So what? That's that's what I keep asking people. Who's gonna come get you, Philly? Philly had a chance to beat Dallas yesterday in Dallas and didn't do it. But but the thing of it is is okay. They're six six and one. They could lose to Miami next week. Sure. They could lose to Chicago week seventeen, and everybody else around them Judge, could keep losing. They could lose at Detroit. All right, six, as bad as the Lions are, they could lose to Detroit. Oh. Especially look at the, look at Detroit's where working. Been listen, the last Detroit two weeks. is actively working to get I that know, buffoon fired. Okay, I know, Judd, but still, man. Uh, six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We are here for you tonight, and that includes Chad in Colorado. Hi, Chad. Good evening, gentlemen. You know, I, I kind of feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Or, hey, you know, is it Groundhog Day? <laughs> Feels like last Sunday, right? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like last Sunday. What do you mean? I've been a Vikings fan for 46 years. <laughs> Feels like the last 46 years. Touche. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. No, no, man. I'll tell you, this, this, this Vikings team totally makes me think of 2016. Oh, I'm just, just, it's kind of getting rough for me, you know, after, after 46 years of, being a Vikings fan, you know, we talked about getting rid of Flippy. I said that last week and, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we beat the Packers, I said, we need to get rid of Spillman. And, you know, you know, those are the root causes of the problem. You know, Zimmer, he's hanging on a thread in my mind, but I think he's the best out of the three. You know, one of the things that I always think back in my mind is, you know, when we pay $84 million to a quarterback but we can't keep Sherman or Shermer as an offensive coordinator. Why can't we just pay these guys five or six million dollars and make them happy instead of trying to go out and get an eighty-four million dollars? You know, it's just between it and constantly. Yeah, Groundhog you know Day. I'm waking up every morning. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. You know what? That's that's yeah. not that's not a terrible point. And if you could have gone to Pat, and I get it, he got a job, head coaching job, the Giants, but if you could have gone to him and said, Pat, you're going to be a disaster there. You're not made for that market. And where is the one area in this league where there's no cap? You could pay Pat Shermer $1 less than Mike, and nothing's going to happen to you. No, seriously. 
It's it's the the look at what the good teams do to retain what they consider to be top assistant coaches. They pay them a boatload, and guess what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's an uncapped. It's 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 the yeah. it's the and I don't even know if flaw is the right word here, but it's the flaw in the ointment of if you want to keep what you consider to be your most pivotal people when it comes to assistant coaching staffs and coordinators, there is no cap. Well, here's my question. It's not a bad point. Here's here's my question to piggyback off of that. Is Pat Sherman in any trouble in New York right now? I don't think so after one year. And the Maras, uh, the, the people that own that team are mm-hmm. very patient. I mean, they kept Ben McAdoo for how long? Yeah. And he looked like longer uh, than they should have. Fayed teacher. Uh, 651-646-8255. Uh, this should be interesting. George in New Jersey. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. So... You know, I think starting this off season, we just need a clean house. Starting with John D. Filippo, Mike uh, with Pierre Fee, however you say Prefer, it. Prefer, he's special teams Prefer. coordinator. Yes, sir. Prefer. He's he's got to go. Cause I'm sure you heard about the whole Carlson. Situation. Oh yeah, we mm-hmm. talked about that on Mackie and Joe today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, Mike Zimmer needs to go to defensive coordinator because this guy is not a head coach. I don't care what you say. This guy does not know how to prepare a team to to play. I mean, you want to know a real head coach? You look at um, Matt Nagy. That guy is a real head coach. He's with the players. I mean, when they win, they, they what do they do? Like the dub club, they're dancing. You know, he's running across the field screaming at his players, you know, telling them to, you know, keep going. Mike Zimmer doesn't do that. You know, you, you look at uh, Mike Zimmer's winning locker room speech. He's in there, and he goes, Okay, guys, uh, nice win. You know, uh, we, we just uh, keep going and doing what we're doing. Uh, we're going to win. Okay, keep running the ball. That That's Mike Zimmer. That's all he does. He doesn't care. He, he's just not, like, trying anymore, and I'm, I'm sick of it. I, I miss the old Mike Zimmer, you know, where he's yelling and he's screaming. You know, he's known for being that angry coach. He was I angry know. tonight. Yeah. He was, he was <laughs> he dropping was F-bombs angry. tonight. Yeah, he was angry tonight, yeah. Um, but I put him as defense coordinator and get a new coach that knows how to lead a team. All right, thanks, George. You're you. If you do that, you have to fire him. You can't demote him to defensive coordinator. Yeah, and well, let's let's let's. Do <laughs> par- you want to parse that apart a little bit? Let's pump the brakes a little bit. I think it's very fair to be critical of Mike Zimmer, Judd. You and I have both been very critical yeah, I, of Mike Zimmer. I think it's very fair, but he did go thirteen and three last year. Yep, and he has won the NFC North twice. I would in his first I four don't, years. I don't think his job. I think this season is among the most no. disappointing. I think this season is among the most disappointing. He should for not the be Vikings. on the hot seat right now, and he's not on the hot seat given the moves right that they made. But I do not think it's a fireable season at all. Now next year, if this sort of season, the way it's gone this year, if this repeats itself next year, then you got to think about it. But right now, I don't. I mean, he should not be on the hot seat at all. I think it's fair to criticize him. But he should not, That the, the idea of him losing his job should not be an option right now. 651-646-8255. It is Judd, Manny, Jonathan, Harrison producing. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios, 1500 ESPN. And we appreciate those of you who are watching us on YouTube as well as Facebook and Twitter. Now let's go to a guy who's nice and warm and it's early in the evening and he's probably enjoying himself greatly. Chemo and Hawaii. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, you guys are right on about Zimmer, man. I mean, that guy's that guy's pretty brilliant. And then, you know, who are you going to replace him with, right? On the defense, I mean, you know, you guys, it was a good defensive performance. I think on the on the special team side, Sherell's had a couple of runbacks he could have done. He just kind of took them, you know. But obviously, what everybody just repeating what everybody's been saying, right about the offense. I mean, if they don't if they don't fire Di Filippo tonight. 
I I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, they were they were they were five or six for on third and short. I mean, they they just missed them all. And the thing is about uh, you know is that they're not doing anything that Keenum's or that um, Cousins is good at, right? I mean, last year Keenum was was not that great of a quarterback, but they kept working this guy and finding ways to make him good, and they're just not doing that this year. And it's not, I don't think it's like the 2016 Vikings, it's like the 99 Vikings, right? Where they kind of went to the playoffs and then kind of just got, got cut out out of the, out of the first one. I don't know. What do you guys think? Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't think it's 2016 because they, they were 5 and 0 and then completely collapsed. I've never, in 2016, I got sucked in in a big way and it collapsed. And I said, whoa, what's this? This time around, I don't know, Manny, that I've ever been fully convinced. To the point where I said, this is going to be a fantastic team. The Green Bay comeback for a tie was impressive. Um, when, when they, I think, won three or four at one point, it was impressive. But, yeah, I this is a hard season to compare it to. And I don't see it as 2016. Because 2016, I was sucked in and then was shocked by how badly it went. I don't know that there's been a point in 2018 that I've been as enamored with what this team could potentially do. Yeah, the only time when I was really enamored by anything was the the two weeks in a row, or I'm sorry, it wasn't two weeks in a row, but it was Kirk Cousins at Lambeau when he brought them back to let he led them to a tie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Daniel Carlson. Um, and then against the Rams, that Thursday night game against the Rams, where he threw for 400 yards plus and kept them in the game. It was just they struggled defensively to stop a high-powered offense. Outside of that, I just, this team has just been very blah. I mean, they've beaten up on bad teams. They beat up on the Jets. Right. Whoopee. They beat up on the Cardinals. Whoopee. They beat up on the Lions. And then, you know, they beat Green Bay. We got some some sense of what we but, wanted the offense to look like. But, but we knew that Green Bay team was not a very good team. Right. And so you said to yourself, okay, now go prove it in New England, and you absolutely did not do that. Yeah. I and mean, tonight you did not do that. Other than Kirk Cousins playing well at Lambeau and Kirk Cousins playing well in the L.A. Coliseum, but that's just two games from the Here, quarterback. Here's what I think hurts about these past two games so much. If you went in there and said, okay, let's see how the Vikings do against two good teams on the road. And they got their butts whipped. You'd say, they're just not good. But the New England Patriots and Seattle Seahawks did everything within their power in the past two weeks to keep the Minnesota Vikings in games. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there tonight. It felt like it was 21 rip. It was three to nothing. The Bears, too. Yeah. Yeah. We're right, in Chicago right. against so the Bears. All of the same these, thing. All of these games, your opponent is not playing great football. You're in the game. Your defense gives you a chance. And you're thinking, okay, this is why your offense was built this way. Because if you get a chance, the offense is going to be good enough to take advantage. And it almost seems like it just continues to get worse. Yeah. It continues to it continues to backslide. Steve in Arizona. Thanks for holding. Steve? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Doing good. Good. I, if uh, DeFlippo is not fired on that plane tonight on the way back, I can't see them bringing back... Uh, Zimmer, because I think Zimmer is going to lose this uh, team. I mean, the defense is killing themselves out there. We got one of the best defenses in the in the NFL, and the play calling is atrocious. Just, just like we're talking about down on the down on the two yard line, they have four plays, and that's kind of call playing. But this goes game after game after game after game back. 
when the play calling is just just not there. I think I think uh, Kirk Cousins will be fine. We just get some more linemen in there. I think we got Cook, who's a phenomenal talent, but uh, I uh, we, we got a change. I think, like you guys were saying, we need a change. We need it now. We need it tonight. We need it tomorrow morning. Something to change here to shake this up a little bit, and it's got to be the football going. What do you guys think? Thanks, Steve. I agree. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about. I mean, it, it, this this offense has gotten worse and worse and worse and less productive and less productive as the season has gone along. Isn't that amazing? Like, well, it's at the start of the year, yeah, at the start of the year, we were concerned about the defense. Remember the Rams game? Yep. Jared Goff threw darts all over this defense, shredded this defense to pieces. Packers game, and we and we were and our thought was. Man, Kirk Cousins, at least Kirk Cousins looks like he's been worth the money. And boy, boy, Mike Zimmer, this defense, is the, I don't know about this defense anymore. And now, here we are, they, they've done a complete 180. You're right. Now it's like, hey, the defense is all right, in pretty good shape. But now this offense is an absolute mess. Let's go to another Steve. This one in Thunder Bay, Canada. Hi, Steve. What's up, guys? What's going on? I never knew David Morgan was the linchpin, linchpin of this offense. Oh, you didn't? I've known that the whole time. I, I never knew, but <laughs> see, I was reading that. I was uh, again but going into the Patriots game. I remember looking at a tweet that said that uh, since 2015, Zimmer was has the most wins in the NFC, NFC with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So, like going into this game with everything that happened on Sunday, and you knew everyone was losing. Like it bothered me that. They didn't be ultra-aggressive. They had nothing to lose going into this game. It really, really shook me like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you had nothing to lose. Like, why not go for it? Where's the big punt? Like, remember the Green Bay game a couple years ago where yep. they were the playoffs online? Where is this? Where, what's going on? Like, Thanks, Steve. Yep, you're at a loss, and so are we. And yeah. you and and Manny, you're exactly right. There was a time when we said, "Well, man, this offense is sort of doing its job, and the defense, what's going on?" And Philadelphia or thereabouts, they got that fixed, and that win at the time looked good, and it's mm-hmm. not as good now, but it, it looked good, and and you got the defense fixed at that point, and you said to yourself, "Okay, you got something here now," and it progressively seems like on a weekly basis, aside from the tweaks in in the second Green Bay game here at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium that now it gets worse on a weekly basis. Uh, Dennis in South St. Paul. Sorry yeah. about that. No, that's okay. I'd like to bring the forward the fact that I was 14 when the Vikings started in 61, 58 years ago. Okay. And they haven't won a championship yet. I'm 72. Uh, when are the fans going to, you know, the they hell with dressing up in Viking uh, this and that? We we got to start bitching and booing the team and the organization and the ownership that uh, how Dallas has won at least five championships. Something's wrong with the Viking organization that they can never win a championship. What do you think is the solution? Thank you, Dennis. Well, um, I mean we've we've seen we've seen this franchise and this team get booed, and I mean. Were you you were you were at the you were at the Metrodome in 2010 where the chant when the fans were chanting fire children yeah right and, and Vikings <laughs> the Vikings okay to Dennis's point that's a very dicey uh, question because of this 
people from Dennis's era, and I started following them in 78, mm-hmm. and I think are much more likely to get upset and to boo them. Keep in mind, the people that joined right around the Moss time, 98 or so, a lot of them, not all of them, so I'm not saying this about every one of you out there, mm-hmm. but a lot of you are Kool-Aid, purple Kool-Aid drinking people. Yeah. And so you're not going to boo them. You, you are going to see as often as you can the best possible. And you know what? God bless you for it. But I think when the people that Dennis is talking about are probably people, you know, up to about my age, near 50. But I think there's a lot in that big faction that started to follow this team around the time that Moss joined that are very intent on being as positive as possible. Not all of you, so hear me loud and clear. But a lot of you who want to basically be happy on Sundays, have some drinks, and not complain. Well, and I mean, listen. And I'm not even blame. That's just. Sure. That's my observation. It's not but even also, a blame. But also, though, Jed, I'll counter with this. I mean, it's 1130 right now. We've been taking calls for the last hour and a half. This is great passion. Are upset. Yeah. And it's people, great passion. I mean, people are upset. I think people are just, they're, they're handling it differently. And, and I mean, look, it's, it's, it's football. It's the NFL. So team, the bad teams across, you know, across this country are still going to get supported by their fans. I mean, the Browns have been a dumpster fire for 20 years since they came back into the league and they still, there's still people at Cleveland Brown Stadium every week with their brown jerseys on and their Our friend and their dog masks Danny. on and everything. Danny, Danny Cunningham yes. is raving about his Browns right now. Yeah. Tom in Columbia Heights, you're next. Hey guys, uh, you know, I you know, I feel for Dennis, I really do, but I'm half his age and I feel as old as he is tonight. This this one is really really rough. Um I I tweeted this at you guys. Let's just stop calling uh, D. Flippo Coach Flip. There's only one Coach Flip, and he coaches basketball, and he wouldn't have us down to Golden State by, what are we down, 10 right now? It's um, only 10? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's not bad. Well, whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm, either way, I'm just, I'm so effing frustrated right now. I'm not going to try to get kicked off the air like the other guy did, but, um, did you guys happen to notice that Bobby Wagner used two of his uh, players yeah, to launch a pe- off that's a penalty. and block? Yeah. Offici- where, where was the Tom, flag on that? I, I mean, Tom, officiating this weekend was atrocious. This is time to start cleaning house. Get younger guys in there or get some laser surgery for these guys. This is absolutely right. absurd. Yep. And I really appreciate you guys taking my call. I mean, the Vikings might make the playoffs, but this one is this one's a one and done operation. Right Thanks, now. Tom. Uh, yeah, in fact, you you bring up a great point. How do these idiots tonight, led by the crew of referee Brad Allen, how do these complete idiots call a rule I've never heard of, mm-hmm. which is grabbing the open end of the helmet or something like that, mm-hmm. and then completely like three plays later miss a face mask that everybody Blatant. in that stadium saw. Everybody in the stadium saw it. Even the player that committed it, I forget the name and the number, but apparently he saw it. He, he did it, and then, his mask. and then and then was like looking like, oh my god, I just messed up because I just grabbed his face mask. And then of course he wasn't called for it. Everybody in the stadium, everybody watching the game saw that blatant but what face idiot mask. Calls, except the official. What idiot calls that helmet rule, which I've never heard of in my life, never seen that called, and then you miss a guy's face mask or his helmet turning. 
Like, there's only one reason his helmet turned. It's because he grabbed his face mask. And hey, the Bobby Wagner thing should have been called, too. You're right. That should have been a penalty, too. Jason in D.C., you're up next. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, just enjoy your show. Just Thanks. Call in. I'm, I'm upset and pissed, but I'm not going to curse or just get mad. I got a question for you guys, though. Um, I believe Seattle, to start the season, had a horrendous offensive line. And they made a coaching change. And now, all of a sudden, it's efficient. Dallas also had a similar issue. They put Mark Colombo in. And it's a better offensive line, although they do have better personnel. Yeah. Do you think that's probably something that we could do? Maybe to, I don't know who the two guys coaching now that are replacing Tony Sperano, God rest his soul. Yeah. But we need, we need a change there because it is not working. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, in fact, yeah. they've got the guy from the, the head. The head of the offensive line is the guy who was the Denver coach, the Denver O-line coach, when they went to the uh, Super Bowl. But I have no idea. With, with Peyton? Yes. But I have no I have I have no clue if a change there fixes things. And yeah. and Seattle, as uh John Clayton told us on the Friday show, Seattle also went out and got a good O line coach, but they also got some personnel as well. And they also have a quarterback that's pretty good at eluding pressure and extending plays and making things happen. Except he's tried to One extend of the best quarterbacks. Yeah, he, he tried, tried to, to do that tonight. He played tonight and, a night and he threw the ball so right into yeah, Eric Kendrick's true. hands. <laughs> Hi, Danny Dean Prairie. Uh, well, the last guy kind of stole my thunder. I was going to say the same thing, that uh, when we lost our offensive line coach, we uh, lost somebody that could rearrange the offensive linemen and put him in a position to actually block for our quarterback. All right, Dan, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I I, do I don't think dismiss that, that. I don't dismiss that at all. Yep. I mean, I, I and it's a it's a tough thing to talk about because it, you know someone passed away. But yeah, I mean, that's I think that's part of it. I think a big part of the struggles with this offensive line is talent. It just it's just not a talented across the board. It's just not talented enough. There's some guys that are Reef is a solid tackle. I think Mike Rimmers is a solid. Right tackle, <laughs> playing right he, guard. He's playing right guard right now. Yep. Pat Elfline. Oh, we're not seeing. I mean, he, he hasn't been a complete disaster, but he's not. He's not been the same that he was as a rookie last year, and he was fantastic as a rookie last year. Yeah, I think he's. And then, hurt. and then you've got Tom Compton playing left guard, and he's not a starting guard. He's nope. just not. Nope. So, and then, so you couple that with offensive line coach passing away during training camp, and I mean that just. It it that that can just lead to a domino effect that just you you put everything together and this is this is kind of the situation that you have. It's tough. Two calls left on uh, Vikings vent line from the TCL broadcast studios. Uh, Jake and Harry. We will start with Jake. Hello, Jake and Mankato. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. I mean, I'm cooled down after the loss, but listening to the Kirk press conference, he was talking about how he doesn't want to risk it throwing in double coverage to Diggs and Thielen. But I honestly think at this point, especially with the catch Diggs made tonight, like I think it's worth the risk because they've done some unbelievable things. And it just seems like when he holds on to it late in games, like tonight he has that fumble that we lose, and it just seems like he's done that multiple times this year. So what? So if he does, the the issue though is if he doesn't do that, where is he going to go? So you know he's going because it's if you go to if you go to Thielen and Diggs, I understand that you don't want to throw a dumb pass there, but there comes a point in time where you got to do something. Like, you can't ignore them completely. As Thielen got up and said tonight, that's been there all night. Well, So but, there's clearly something that's there. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that anybody should be dumb with their passes, because they shouldn't. 
But you also can't just say to yourself, okay, well, they're, they're being double covered the whole time, so I'm done with them. Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, that the, doesn't make sense. Two plays I'm that not come, buying all that. Two plays that come to mind. The backwards, the ill-advised, idiotic backwards pass that Kirk Cousins threw to, I think it was to Latavius Murray that we talked about where there was a face mask. And Thielen's wide open. Thielen's wide open on the left side. And then the fourth and goal play the where he threw it to Rudolph, who was double covered. And Thielen was open again. Yeah. So Thielen came out and it apparently was heard over the broadcast, but Thielen said, it's been there all night. <laughs> yeah, I kind of believe it because it was there. It was there in the first quarter. It was there in the fourth quarter. And Cousins, only only when Seattle started to play off defensively mm-hmm. because they were up 21 to nothing. Yep. That was the only time when Kirk Cousins actually got into a rhythm with with Adam Thielen. So I, the, we've 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 taken a lot of calls, Judd, and we've been talking about it about you know well they, they, they it's the offensive coordinator or it's the offensive line. This whole thing, this whole operation on 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 offense. I said it at the start of the show, it's a bad offense. The coordinator has not done a very good job. You've got a lack of talent on the offensive line. You've got a quarterback who's missing open receivers and throwing the ball backwards and turning the ball over. Yep. You can't run the football consistently. But you can't. It's a bad but you can't, offense. But you can't accept that because there no, are things can. that you can do to make it an offense, right. even if it's not going to be dynamic. And that, it starts with the coordinator. That can be efficient. And, yeah. and right now, there was a point in time in 2018 where this was certainly an efficient offense, and that's long gone. And somebody has to find out why, and somebody has to start to pull the strings to, once again, make it efficient. Let's wrap up Ventline this evening. Harry in Connecticut, you get the final word. What's up, guys? Um, there's a lot of good calls, a lot of good points you made. And, and man, you touched on a really good point, is that it's just a lack of talent in a lot of areas on that offensive line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it is It is a multitude of issues. You look at the coordinator, you look at Kirk having his brain fart moments every once in a while, but then he has moments where he strings together, you know, these, like, nice, like, up-tempo, like, passes, and Diggs coming out with that amazing catch, and, you know, he's hitting his stride. I think at this point, because you're tied to Kirk for the next, well, well like, two years and change now, mm-hmm. I think you let him eat cake. I think at this point you fired the Filippo, you go to Kirk and say, listen, this is your train now, okay? You're the one that's running this thing. Who do you want us to bring in? So when it does collapse and and inevitably, you know, let's say he makes us, uh, like, you know, he gets to the playoffs, we make it to the championship again, and, you know, we're, we're, we're knocking on the door for Super Bowl. And when he throws that pick, that ends the season. We can look back and say, well, we did everything we could. We paid this guy guaranteed money, $84 million dollars, gave him all the pats on the back, everything he needed, you know, made him feel important. But he is a control freak. The one thing I noticed about him, even looking to him in Washington, he wants to be in control of his offense. He wants to be able to make the calls. But that's not something that he's going to get, especially with Zimmer at the helm. And, you know, he shouldn't have that power because obviously when you give him the the, uh, the reins to make those decisions, he does make some boneheaded plays. But at the same time, Flip, has now put him, you know, he hasn't put him in a spot to be successful. You know, you go back to Green Bay game, like you mentioned, he was copying Shermer's playbook. They got to get back to that, man. But anyway, guys, like I said, you know, the season at this point, I think they're going to lose to Miami next week, unfortunately. I think it closes the book on it. 
I think you gear up for next year. You draft well. You try to get a good free agent in here, at, uh, uh, like either a guard or a tackle. You try to retool, but they are tied to Kirk Cousins no matter what they do. And that's pretty much all I got to say, guys. Thanks, Harry. Uh, two things. Once again, Harry, I urge you to look below the Vikings in the standings and tell me if they lose to the Dolphins, why you're sure they're done because I'm not. The second thing is this. If you hitch your wagon to Cousins and say, go ahead and fail, after three years, everybody's gone. So you can't do that. You can't say, you can't do this in spite of Kurt and say, look, Kirk, you failed. Because when Kirk walks out that door and he will get another contract somewhere, he's a quarterback, mm-hmm. Manny, when he walks out that door, if everything's failed, Zimmer, Spielman, and a lot of people are following him out that door. So you I, can't you can't do that. I will say this to your point about the schedule the rest of the way. I I hear you, but this league is funny, man. Oh, this I league agree. is really funny. I, and if you lose to Miami next week and you're six, seven, and one, then you're but you, you have to I, I Carolina's know, Judd, got the Saints. But here's the thing, Judd. If you lose to Miami next week and then you lose to Chicago week seventeen, and this is saying that you beat Detroit, sure. you're seven, eight, and one. If one of those teams, the Eagles or the Panthers or the Redskins or somebody finishes eight and eight, you're out. Yeah. You, you seven, might. eight, eight and eight beats seven, eight and one. It, so it disgusts me that the conference has turned so bad mm-hmm. that this is even a conversation. I know. We should be talking about the Vikings being done. It. I thought the and, and this is my mistake. To think that the NFC, I was sure that it was going to be really good and there would mm-hmm. be like two or three bad teams. To have this many bad teams infuriates me. Absolutely infuriates me. Because the conversation right now should be the Vikings are just about done, and instead they are in the thick of a race that is mediocre to bad teams all over the place, and it's embarrassing. We're done. Judd, Manny, Jonathan, TCL Broadcast Studios. Thanks to those uh, for those of you who watched on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, 1500 ESPN. Don't forget Mackie and Judd on at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great night. Go ahead and vent somewhere else now. 33. He's taken down for a sack. Frank Clark with the first sack of the night for the Seahawks. Here's fourth and goal. Cousins to the end zone. Batted away. Incomplete. It's a play. Marcin, and he goes right in. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.